Welcome back to another episode of Extra Innings, a Phillies podcast by the Philadelphia Inquirer. I'm Matt Breen here at Citizens Bank Park with Scott Lauber. The Phillies just completed a three-game sweep of the Atlanta Braves to open the season. The last time they did that, 2011. And the last time they won four in a row was 1915 when they went on to the World Series to lose to the Red Sox. So if you win three in a row, Scott, that means you're at least going to the NLDS. If you win four in a row, you're going to the World Series. Is that is that factual? Am I correct to say that? Yeah, that's actual baseball rule. If you're 4-0, you just go straight to the World Series, skip over everything else, right to October. And you know what? You get to play Babe Ruth in the World Series. You get to bring him back. You get to play him. You get to do it at BU, where I went to college. You get to play at their football stadium. It's exactly the same way as it was 100 and whatever that is 15 years ago. There's no Philly fanatic cleats in the 1915 World Series. I can definitely say that. And the last time we podcasted, the only thing we really could talk about Bryce Harper was that he wore Philly fanatic cleats on opening day. That was the big takeaway from his first day. Since then, he's homered on Saturday, homered on Sunday. He just had a great first week in Philadelphia. I don't think he could have planned it any better. And it went, everything went Bryce Harper. What was your, you know, we, we're here after the third game of the season. What's your big takeaway about Harper? Yeah, you know, I was talking to um, another writer here on the way downstairs after the game. And he was saying that, you know, normally you get these big free agents and they come in to their new teams. And how often do we talk about they struggle right off the bat? I think probably... You know, if we were doing a podcast about the Braves, we'd be talking about Josh Donaldson and the rough weekend that he had. And it seems like it goes that way for big free agents. They take a little time to adjust or adapt to, for whatever reason, whether it's the pressure or the money or living up to everything. Bryce Harper seems impervious to all of that. I mean, he had a perfect weekend, as you said. If he had to script it, this is probably what he would what he would ask for. Um, you know, not only three wins in a row. But two home runs, both big home runs in front of packed houses, um, big time celebrations afterwards, um, kind of everything that the Phillies fans had imagined you know, when they signed him and even before they signed him. That's what happened. It kind of came to life here in the first weekend. And we know it's not going to be like this the entire season. He's going to go through slumps. They're going to go through slumps. But, you know, for starters, you couldn't have asked for anything better. You, know, you talk about him starting slow, and I kind of expected him to start slow. He, he missed the majority of spring training, didn't really have a chance to find his timing in spring training. He mostly was strike, stru- uh, struck out a lot of times or walked and then hit a couple home runs. He didn't find that rhythm, I don't think, in Clearwater. I didn't know if that was going to be able to come in the first three games of the season, and, and here it looks like it did. And Not only is he, hit, is he hitting home runs, he's working really long at bats. He's showing us that He's got that patient approach that, you know, people think it's rare. But if you watch the Phillies for the last year, you know another guy in that lineup has it in Reese Hoskins. And so does JT Real Muto this year as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all fits together. Because the first three games, this is a one heck of a lineup. And over the course of a 162-game season, like you said, there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. But I think they really do have the makings of what Bob said on the last podcast one of the best lineups in baseball. And after tonight's game, the Phillies will have, be off on Monday, and then they go Tuesday to D.C. And 
I don't know if there's any storylines in DC, right? It's pretty just another blah series. But Bryce Harper returns to Washington for the first time. It's going to be emotional. I don't know what the reaction exactly is going to be. I'm sure we have our guesses. And usually we we save these predictions for the end of the podcast. But I, I think we might as well get into it right now. What what is your prediction for fan reaction when Bryce Harper steps up to the plate in the first inning on Tuesday night? I think it's going to be pretty mixed. Um, I think if we were having the conversation before the season started, I might have said, oh, I think he'll get a pretty rousing ovation, you know, for a few reasons. D.C. is not – it's kind of a weird place, right? I think most um, people who live in D.C. are transplants. They're not from there. The Nationals don't have this long, rich history the way a team like the Phillies would. It's not a sports town in the way that Philly, Boston, New York are sports towns. And so I was inclined to say, you know, I think they'll appreciate him for the seven years he spent there and the playoff appearances they made and he'll tip his cap and they'll show a video and it'll be kind of heartwarming and then they'll get on with it. But then, you know, I started to see some pictures from opening day there the other day and you had people in the stands wearing their Harper jerseys with, you know, Harper and his number X'd out on the back and stuff like that. And you do sort of think about how the Nationals and Phillies are division rivals and have been um, for many years now. And, you know, this is not like him going to a team in the American League and he comes back and there's no real rivalry there. There is one with the Nationals and Phillies. I, I think maybe it comes down to how many Phillies fans wind up making the trip down and getting tickets um, as to whether it's more booze than cheers or not, because I, I do think there's going to be a segment of Nationals fans who who boo him, um, who want to let him know that they're kind of sore that he didn't go back there. Um, you know, if you believe that uh, he turned down $300 million at the end of last season, you know, and, and it was a good faith offer from the Nationals and there was so much deferred money and who knows, but you know, there are going to be some Nationals fans who say, we tried and this guy didn't want to come back. And, you know, so I think that that segment's going to boo him. And I think he's ready for it. I think, you know, Jake Arrieta said, I think it's going to be mixed. And I'm kind of with him. I, I think it's going to be mixed. And, and um, you know, I don't think it's going to be quite as warm as maybe my initial reaction was. I think mixed is the right, is the right answer. I want to say he's going to get booed, but I don't think the – Washington fan base is has that emotion that Philly does. Philly boos Philly boos this guy. If this is the same situation and it's turned the other way, he's getting booed. I just I don't think Washington has that. It reminds me of a St. Louis type deal where the team finishes with a losing record and walks off the field to a standing ovation. I think that's what happens. And I'm not saying that national fans should boo Bryce Harper, but I think a fan has a right if they want to boo. They're booing the franchise for not signing them. They're booing the player for going to a division rival. And they are they don't owe him anything. They don't – like Phillies fans, this isn't a Chase Utley deal where Chase Utley won a World Series with the Phillies, played for some of the best Phillies teams ever, and left on his on, – not on his own terms. He was traded away. It wasn't a choice. He didn't – turned down a Phillies offer to go play for the Dodgers. So when he came back, it was more of a celebration for Chase Utley and not an opposing player playing a meaningful game where this is. This is two, two of the best teams in the National League and the star on the other team 
is coming to your town to beat you. That's what his mission is. So I just, I'm going to say mixed because of, I just don't expect Washington to have that anger fan, the anger that you need to boo somebody and not, not anger in a bad way. I just don't think that's the way the crowd's going to be, but I would be blown away if it's a standing ovation, a Chase Utley standing ovation where Bryce Harper has to tip his cap and all that. I just don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Bryce Harper expects that either. Like you said, Gabe Kapler said he expects a standing ovation. Maybe Gabe Kapler's right, but I don't. I don't think he is on this one. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with me for that one. Yeah, yeah. I would. I would add to this. And again, I don't. You know, if we're putting ourselves in the position of a Philly fan, or a New York fan, or a Boston fan, this factors in. But I don't know how this plays in D.C. The fact that. You know, Bryce Harper never won a playoff series there, and that's not his fault entirely. Um, but as the face of that franchise for seven years, he certainly bears some of that weight that, you know, they won a number of division titles. They made the playoffs a bunch of times. They didn't so much as win a playoff series, no less a World Series. So this isn't like the, the guy who's won a World Series or two there who comes back um, and gets the hero's welcome. I, I know that in Philly or in Boston, that guy would probably get booed because not only did he leave, but he left before he accomplished the mission in that city. And I don't know if DC fans are wired that way. I think some of them are, and I think those people will probably boo him. Uh, but are there enough of those people, are enough of those hardcore sort of diehard you know, he didn't win it here, and then he went to our rival, and I'm going to boo him when he comes back. Are there enough of those people? I would be stunned if he gets an ovation. I would be equally stunned if they just boo the, the crap out of him because I, I really just think they don't have that kind of passion and uh, one way or the other. And I think, I, and again, like I said, I think the number of Phillies fans who make the trip down – might sway this thing one way or the other. It's not a long trip. I know it's during the week. Um, but, you know, Phillies fans might think it's a hot ticket, and if they can get down there and get to that game, they might want to. You might have a pretty large contingent out in right field who root for the Phillies, and they might sway it. So, um, I mean, we know when, when the Nationals were bad, Phillies fans would fill RFK Stadium. When the Phillies were bad, I think Nationals fans came up here in pretty good numbers. So, um, we'll see, but that may be the, that may be what swings it one way or the other. Reminds me in spring training, Bryce Harper said he got booed in Tampa against the Yankees, a spring training game. And afterwards he was asked about being booed. And he said, I expect to be booed every time I go to a, a, a visiting ballpark. So his feelings are not going to be hurt. If he's booed, you can trust me. I think he'll, he'll survive. He'll be fine. Might, maybe used as motivation and, talking about the opposing fans going from Philly to D.C. to D.C. to Philly. Remember when the Nationals uh, did that Natitude thing? Yeah. And they they blocked out Philly's fans from buying tickets. You had to be a resident of, like, D.C., Maryland, or Virginia to buy tickets, and they called it Natitude Park. What a sad thing that was. Just to think back, it's just you talking about that made me remember. Jeez. But – before Sunday's game, Bryce Harper, did, he didn't want to talk about D.C. until after Sunday's game. So before Sunday's game, talked about Philly, talked about his new home and what his impressions of Philly have been. And and I think 
just from one of my main takeaways of him so far is how much emotion he plays with. And I think we knew that watching him from afar, but, but watching him after these three games, how much emotion he plays with and how much that must, how much he must benefit from playing in front of a, not even in front of a crowd, but in a city that shows so much emotion. I think Philadelphia, just like you said, New York and Boston, you can group the three of them together. They show a lot of emotion, the people in this city, the fans, the ballpark. And I think a player like Bryce Harper is for three games, very small sample size is a guy that's made to play in Philadelphia. And it's almost, I don't think the Phillies knew this was going to be the start they would get with him. I don't think Bryce Harper expected it. It's completely been perfect so far. And you said there's, there, it's not going to stay perfect all the time, but for the first weekend, it definitely is. And, and the first weekend came against the best, the last year's NL East champions. They swept the Braves. What kind of statement is that, Scott? Yeah, it's a big statement. Um, not even a week ago, I guess about a week ago, um, I was standing in Clearwater talking to Jake Arrieta, and he was talking about the guys that were here last year and kind of the taste that was left in their mouth after the season ended with the way it ended, and especially the way the Braves really sort of took care of them. I mean, remember we were all thinking about that series the second to last weekend of the season in Atlanta, like this was going to be a huge series, and obviously it wasn't, and the Braves clinched against the Phillies that weekend. Arietta pitched the clinching game and only lasted two innings. And, you know, he was talking even then about how opening the season against the Braves was an opportunity to set a tone. And, you know, I definitely think the guys who were here last year maybe felt that way. I think the new guys, and there are so many of them, I think um, – kind of took the opportunity to open it home and realize that uh, that this was an opportunity to do something big uh, in their first chance in Philly. So I think it was a tone setter. One thing I'll say, too, um, you know, about Harper, you mentioned his emotion, the emotion that he plays the game with. Something I, that I was struck by, and I don't know why, but it really kind of struck me. So where we sit, you know, we sit in the, in the press box, which is behind home plate, and when he goes out there before every game and he does that bow to fans, we see it from behind, you know, so you see him, his back. Well, there was a Twitter um, uh, video that was posted of him doing the bow before the Sunday night game, but it was uh, shot from the stands. So you could see him from the front. And it's like, he doesn't just bow. Like, this is a theatrical, like, actor on a stage doing a very dramatic bow with his arm and it's like you know very very dramatic and I was like I don't know it just struck me like this is what this guy does before every game and then he pumps his fist it's like a wrestling match you know like he's like fired up legitimately fired up to play the game and you don't see that from very many guys most guys go out there and they take their warm-up throws and they do their thing and then they turn around and get ready for the game this guy's like like Hulk Hogan whooping it up there in front of the fans. And I, it was kind of awesome to see it from that angle. And it's like, wow, you know, like he does play the game with a tremendous amount of emotion. And I, I think it comes from a genuine place. I think he's, I think he's energized to be part of this new team in this new city with this new fans. And maybe it's what he needed for his career. And, and, you know, I don't know how long it lasts if this thing wears off after a time, but, for now, it's kind of awesome to see. 
He said the bail is staying all year. When he did the bail on opening day, I thought it was like an opening day treat. And he did the second day. So we asked him today, is that staying around? And he was like, I think he was confused what we were, why we were asking him. Like, of course it is. You know, why would that just be a one day thing? And if he's Hulk Hogan at Citizens Bank Park, that means he's NWO Hulk Hogan Tuesday night. You did. I had to think of some analogy there, and that was too easy. He's going to be the NWO Hogan Bash at the Beach Ultimate Heel Tuesday night in Nationals Park. And uh, the uh, well, last thing about this series, there was a lot of close pitches to Reese Hoskins, and uh, Gabe Kapler was not happy about it. Say he doesn't like pitches, any pitches that gets that close to Reese Hoskins' chin. Jake Arrieta said he doesn't think there was any intent behind it. That's a guy who pitched on Sunday night, and he knows what, what the conditions were like. Reese Hoskins said he wasn't really committal, but he wasn't happy about it. And Harper was less committal, right? He, he, didn't think, yeah. he didn't think it was intent. There was intent behind it. But these teams, come; they play again a lot this season. I think the next time they play is in June. What, uh, what do you expect? That, that series, does any of this carry over, or is this just forget about it? I mean, guys do tend to have long memories. I think if – they were playing again in Atlanta, like, let's say, next week, as often happens. Um, you know, it would be a lot more fresh in people's minds, and you, there might, might be more uh, apt to have something happen. Maybe the fact that they don't see each other again until June, and a lot can change just even in a couple of months. Um, you know, maybe that sort of um, sort of diminishes the chances. I don't know. I tend to think... You know, the Phillies kind of put a pin in this and they say, well, let's let's see what happens. As I said, players tend to have long memories. And if there are guys uh, on on the, in that clubhouse uh, who we didn't talk to after the game, if there are guys who think that maybe there was some intent behind it, um, you know, maybe they take matters into their own hands in June uh, and someone on the Braves gets hit or gets knocked down. It was. Uh, interesting that you know the Braves pitched Hoskins in really the whole series and knocked him down a few times and um, you know so it wasn't just this one incident and I don't know if that's their way that they were trying to attack him uh, was to go up and in on him I think I think Reese Hoskins is a little sensitive to this too because he um, broke his jaw last year and had to play through that um you know, so maybe it's in the back of his mind, but Gabe Kapler definitely wasn't happy about it. And Hoskins did say something to the effect of, you know, we play them a lot more. So, like I said, maybe they put a pin in it and they remember. And if they have an opportunity to take a shot at someone, whether it's Freddie Freeman or someone else, maybe down the line, they're going to have chances to do that if they really believe that there was something going on there. Hoskins wouldn't say what he said to the pitcher, but he said he, he called him a few names. They weren't. He couldn't say them on camera, so I'm guessing it was like geek, dork, loser, nerd, <laughs> something bad. That's it from us two geeks here at Citizens Bank Park. I'm Matt Breen. He's Scott Lauber. If Bryce Harper shows up Tuesday night at Nationals Park with a Hulk Hogan NWO dyed black beard, you can thank me later. In the meantime, subscribe to Extra Innings, the newsletter at philly.com/newsletters. Read all of, our, all of our content at Philly.com and in the Inquirer. For Scott Lover, I'm Matt Breen. Thanks for listening.